0: Hello. Hello.
1: How you doing? How are you? Yeah, good. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Everything all right? Problems with the so. buses? Been a, a bit really
0: hectic. Been really busy recently, but yeah.
1: Oh, really? What? A, uh, college?
0: Yeah, we've got, yeah, busy at uni and then I've got loads of stuff to sort out. I've got a few things I need to send off to Sky and I, it's just, it's busy, but it's good. It's good. I like being you've busy. got
1: a few things you got to send off to Sky?
0: Yeah, I've got to send off my, uh, my reel for some... Uh, some producers go on. go on keep
1: talking
0: keep yeah. talking no, it's, it's good well, potential it's job
1: or just work experience or what
0: no for, for some actual some proper paid work yeah oh, should be good wow
1: that's amazing yeah yeah be good so what, what are you sending them like bits of commentary that you've done yeah
0: so bits of commentary um, parts, some bits of the podcast some and then some other, other bits and bobs as well yeah wow Yeah. nice exciting well, today,
1: so we're going to recap the amazing victory on Saturday against Barnsley, which Incredible. you were at.
0: Yeah, yeah, really special. And uh, we've
1: got Gabriel Sutton joining us. Yeah. Now, I've had loads of tweets from people saying you've got to get him on. Yeah. I, I, Who I, is he and what? In fact, I've been watching some of his stuff, so I sort of know now, but...
0: Yeah, I listen, I've, I've spoken to, to Gabe quite a few times. We've, um, we've, we've had a few phone calls and we've, we've DM'd each other quite a few times, he's Probably one of the, the best lower league, like, what, what would it be, like, pundit, sort of like journalist, if you like. So, so knowledgeable, knows so much. And not just about, you know, Leagues 1, Championship, League 2, but also further leagues uh, below as well, so he knows sort of all the up-and-coming managers, all the up-and-coming players. And... So knows more than me. Yeah, I would probably say he knows a lot more than me as well, which is... Um, which is good it's, it'll, it'll be a breath of uh, breath of fresh air because he'll give insight that on on things that that even that even I don't know and it'd be really good he's he's such a nice polite gentleman so yeah he'll be, be a really nice pod should we get him on go for it quite, hit hit quite him up.
1: excited quite excited
0: I know, I know he thinks fondly of City. he really does like the business model and he's really a, he's really an advocate and for podcasts and that stuff, stuff yeah he probably likes the pod as well but uh it, yeah great win on saturday i can't lie great win <sighs> yeah
1: yeah amazing
0: it was
2: amazing yeah
0: hi there folks how are you okay hello out.
2: yeah not hey. too bad thanks how you doing we can't see you oh let me turn video on that would help there we go hey i thought you were gonna be nude or something <laughs> <laughs> no that's for later david <laughs> <laughs> okay right sure I forgot yeah thank you for coming on the pod Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. I'm really looking
1: forward to it. Do you know, I was saying to John, I've had loads of tweets saying, got to get you on. Yeah.
2: Yeah. One of the most requested guests. Oh, I, well, do you know what? I actually heard that I got mentioned on this podcast via, like, a, a friend who's got, like, so my old housemate's got a mate who actually listens to it. And then... Um, apparently he texted my old housemate so um and then that's how it kind of randomly sort of came up so um, when you said he
1: actually listens yeah. you said it as if he's
2: nuts for doing so <laughs> well maybe that's true yeah
0: we're about to find out aren't we to be honest i think that's probably an accurate reflection of most of our listeners
1: You've got to be nuts. i've been told that you know every everything
2: that needs to be known about lower league football and Mm, uh, yeah i think this is a common misconception david i'm i'm i lean on everyone that needs to be leaned on for knowledge about lower league football so do i so do i and that's (laughs) there's a lot of similarities here (laughs) yeah i know quite i know a fair bit is it Gabe, Gab, Gabriel? I, I like in a family setting. I like Gabe. In a work setting, I like Gab because it's sort of trendier. Okay. okay, I know my I know my onions,
1: Gab. Don't worry okay. about that. Yeah,
2: do you like red Spanish? I love red onions. Actually, okay. <laughs> I genuinely like red onions. Okay, I like them in like a caprese salad or something. Ooh, let's Can do I an own. onion podcast. Oh, like, I'm
1: totally well
0: on board
2: for that. We the football
1: nonsense Yeah, there's
2: loads of there's hardly any
0: onions uh, podcast. <laughs> You'd be number one in the in the onion pod charts. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, imagine if you weren't. Imagine if you weren't number one in the onion. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, so, so. Today, I'd love to talk to you about the next manager and who potentially it might be of Exeter. Sure. And um just want to chat about Barn- the Barnsley game, John, that you were at. Yeah. And and I've got like two or three questions from Patreon that they will want to ask you, Gab, and John. And uh, yeah, so that's it. So... Where do you want to start, David, more importantly, out of those three? Where do you want to start? Where do you want to start?
0: Um... How good a Barnsley? How good a victory was that? I think that's probably more of a question for for Gab because um, he'll know more. From what I saw on the day, there were some side we we really played well and and did well to match them. But I don't don't know if, uh, if, if Gab's got anything else to add to that.
2: Yeah, I I think, first of all, I think they've got an excellent manager in Michael Duff, that what he's achieved at Cheltenham Town is absolutely extraordinary. I think what could hold them back in terms of the top six and how competitive that is, is they've probably not got the depth of some of the teams that they're going to be competing with. And I think that could hold them back um, a little bit, sort of beyond that first 11. Um, But actually, I think if they can put together a playoff challenge this season, and then maybe things can kind of um, work themselves out at board level hopefully over the next 12 months and then add a bit of depth the next season I think I could see them uh going on again but um yeah I, th- I think they're very well coached side and obviously Michael Duff, um excellent manager
1: why why haven't they got the depth haven't they got the kahunas is that a word John
2: the hoonas the
1: kahunas haven't they got any money I would have thought Barnsley would be rolling in it
2: oh no I mean they've um uh, they they're probably one of the bigger budgeted clubs in the division, but I think it depends what you're comparing them to. So I think in, they've got the money sort of relative to half the sides in League One because um, you know, yeah they've got a bigger budget than that, but probably if you're comparing them to something yeah like Sheffield Wednesday for example, they're probably a little bit shorter depth, I guess in in that sense.
1: Whenever Sheffield Wednesday mentioned, I get I feel a little. Did you see? Um... Because I slagged... I didn't slag off Barry Bannon. I just never heard of him. Did, did you see it goal on the weekend? Yeah,
0: it was unbelievable. Well, he's, a, he's actually a joke. He's, 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 he's sort of like... Well, I, I think he's like really too good to be playing in League One. He's well, He seems way
1: too good for the league.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah that's me sort of creeping back. Please like me, Barry. <laughs> too late. He's already got the shirt ready to unveil, which is going to say something along the lines of... Piss off David didn't
2: realize it was this sort of podcast
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know i he, just john
2: mentioned barry Bat because i'm new to lower leagues gap oh yeah what was your what got can i just get slight like tangent because it feels like it's yeah. podcast of tangents what oh yeah. Sound, <laughs> yeah what got you into supporting lower league football i'd love to kind of hear the background of this it was moving to devon Moving to Devon, I'd always wanted to support... I
1: mean, listeners would have heard this loads, but I've always wanted to support a side and go on a Saturday. I was jealous yeah. of people that I knew that did that. And I always supported Man United, and obviously they were hundreds of miles away. Yeah, and I've only been to see them two or three times. So I wanted to have
2: that ritual on
1: a Saturday. I was really jealous of that ritual. The, the
2: other thing as well, David, I think you've made absolutely the right choice there because what you've got in Exeter City is a football club that cares for its people. It cares about its... Man United don't actually care about their fans. They would rather not have season ticket holders. They'd rather have people coming over from France, from America, from all, you know all corners of the world for one game so that they can spend more money in the club shop and you know individual ticket prices and all this sort of thing so it's just basically a numbers game for them for exeter city they want to build a community of people they care about the people that support them and for me um you 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 can't put a price on that for me so well i didn't know anything about i didn't know anything about that when i because
1: i just i asked some people who i should go and watch out of torquay plymouth and exeter and exeter came out on top i went to watch them and I thought, well, I've watched the game now. I mean, yeah. so I'll keep watching. Yeah, ben. you don't want to go to
2: Cornwall. I mean, yeah, no,
1: <laughs> no. But I thought I've watched this one. I might as well just keep coming back and watching the red and white striped men of Exeter. And then, obviously, the more you watch it, the more you care.
0: Yeah, I think you, you were surprised by by how much you you fell, didn't you? Sort of, you were just sort of engrossed in it, and then you couldn't you couldn't stop. You, Are you on the big bank, David? I will never be on the big bank. I've got a cozy little chair in amongst oh. them. I'll be, I'll, I'll be honest, Gab, I think David has one of the best seats in the house. It's, I sat in his uh season ticket for for one of the games, the might have been the Port Vale four 0 win. And the the view is I don't, I don't know how he's managed to scramble that seat because it's incredible. Because I woke up yeah. at six forty a.m. after we got promoted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. That was a funny. That was to, a. Funny to be day. fair though, I I love it. I
2: love a ground. I don't know what you guys think, but I love a football ground where you can see the surroundings. Do you know what I mean? Where you can like, I, there's some lovely views of like uh, the cathed Is it the cathedral that you can see from the big bank? Um, I, I love that about sort of football grounds. I think it adds to the charm of the place. Like Accrington Stanley, for example. I don't know if either of you have been up there. Um, You can see the Lancashire hills around it. That's what I said to John about Forest Green Rovers. I was looking at the hills more than the games. Beautiful. (laughs) It's gorgeous.
1: Yeah. And the tractors and I mean, John sort of laughs me off. But you, when you get
0: older, John, you'll enjoy a hill. I just trust me. Yeah. To be fair. Uh, actually, I was, yeah. Well, when, when me and my mates travel away, we actually have a really stupid game we play in the car where we review the hills off the motorway. So actually, oh, at my age, right. I can still appreciate. Take it back. I can still appreciate. What's you? the best hill you've ever seen? Like oh. you've got a top top of the list.
1: What's the best rated hill,
0: John? Yeah, motorway, go on. I want to hear about that. I've done. I've really done some miles on that on the motorways as well. Is um, oh, another podcast idea. This would be yeah. good. Hill onions there's one, and hills. Now <laughs> there is one just <laughs> south of Gloucester which is like a really big mound, right? It's actually big. And I, I we always look at each other and we go, yeah, that's a that's a nine out of ten or a ten out of ten hill. That's like oh, a right, perfect mm. sort of mound. How the hell have we yeah. got onto this? I don't know, but yeah. Don't worry. Go with it. Trust your, trust your gut. Yeah. So I actually find it insulting that you think I can't appreciate hills at my age. <laughs> okay, sorry.
1: <laughs> um. So you you watched the game on Saturday, John. I you did. were there. Yeah. And Jay stands for the scored two goals. What was that like when he scored the first goal? The first,
0: well, it was After sort just of,
1: Nine seconds or whatever.
0: Yeah it, yeah, it caught everyone off all by surprise. We, I think I was sitting with my dad and it was, it was actually really nice. I saw my dad like for the first time in like a month or whatever and sort of there we started chatting and we we're like, oh my God, we've got Sam Mumbay's Sam in here or he's got a chance. And then his touch sort of was a bit wayward and Jay took over. And for a 19-year-old to shift the ball onto his right like that and find the bottom corner in the first minute of the game, I think everyone was like, I was in shock. I was like, first of all, I was happy we scored. And then for like a couple of seconds later you realised shit, it's like Jay Stansfield, which was incredible. And he obviously did a a really sort of poignant celebration, which was very similar to to his father's. It was sort of iconic. Adam was known for his, his knee slides. So he peeled off into the corner in a, and and did a little knee slide. And I think everyone around us was as happy as we were to, to take the lead, everyone was like really it was a it was an emotional moment. And so for him to Gosh. do it. 45 minutes later was...
2: Uh... Uh, yeah, I'm just amazed just on that as well. I mean, obviously wonderful for him to, to score those goals. But the composure scope showed for a second goal because, like, the ball came to him. He had the presence of mind in the six-yard box to to con- take one touch to control the ball and a second to put it in the net. I think if I, w- if, if I was in his shoes, I'd have probably tried to shoot first time because I'd have been worried about taking too long. But he just seemed to have that ice cool composure which considering like the wider context of him playing for Exeter and the weight of that I, in some respects like that's incredible composure that he's shown so uh delighted for the lad.
0: yeah it was it was it that goal felt like it took an age to go and he took a touch and i remember i think that the moment between the touch and the shot was probably only about a second but it felt like about five years it just to shoot i was thinking but yeah no like and I'm, how did we how what was our performance like were we really good I, I, this is what I was going to say I think Jay Jay will get the the headlines and probably rightly so because of the two goals but Archie Collins was incredible Whoa. unbelievable I, like abs he was just everywhere he didn't stop running and he, he oh it was there he was, was one ball in behind for Jake Caprice yeah, in the
2: lead yeah. up to one of those chances which was just incredible vision
0: yeah he um, um he, he he was he was superb and everyone around us kept on going like shit like archie collins is playing unbelievable and then you'd think oh he's gonna get t-. when the rest of the team was tired he was sort of that one we really the one thing i'm concerned about is we really did fatigue with about 20 15 minutes to go we were struggling like no one not even sam number you know what he's like he don't stop running but even he was sort of like trying to get the ball in the corner or offload the ball so we did look tired but archie collins was the best player on the pitch
2: Theoretical question for you, then, John, on Archie Collins. If Exeter were to play with a three-man midfield, do you would you see Archie Collins go, growing into a number six role, someone that collects the ball off the defence and dictates, or would he have to be given that sort of creative license?
1: Why am I? Why aren't I
0: involved in this conversation?
2: <laughs> I just don't think that it's your type of question,
0: David. With respect, I to be, to be perfectly honest, I think he already sort of plays. He plays a number six, if not if not like a, a box to box, but he's always David will be able to clarify this. He's always dropping super deep to get the ball. He's always sort of almost playing as like a centre half at times to get the ball and play. And yeah. when when Matt was still manager, you could always hear him shout, "Look, give it to Archie! Archie's ball! Archie, like just get the ball to Archie because he's what the player that makes us tick." He reminds me of Christian Eriksen for Man United at the moment. Picks the
1: ball up, lovely touch, lovely lovely pass. Nice vision.
0: I'd go as far as saying Archie's better than Ericsson, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. Comfortable. Okay. Comfortab-
1: now, Ed, do you mind if we jump on to potential manager? Yeah, I've been all over this.
0: Let's go. Let's get it. Oh, just like the, before we move on from the game, sorry. Uh, Jamal Blackman, just got a few words uh, for you. Never, ever try the fanciness again, okay? Thank you. What did he do? What did he do? Well, he tried to do the same thing he did at Wickham, and everything all... 13,000 people in the stadium knew exactly what he was going to do, including the striker. And luckily, he, he recovered well. But he sort of went to turn back and the striker went, yeah, I knew you were going to do that. Nicked it off him.
1: All really. right. Uh, another another little message to Jamal. Keep doing it, boy. Keep entertaining no,
0: us. No, stop. Stop it. <laughs> no, keep doing it. Stop it. Keep doing it. Stop it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Gab, I watched... So I, I, Yesterday, I looked at the potential managers lined up mm. like Kevin Nicholson, Dave Artell. These are all yep. new names to me. These are brand new names, so I'm trying to get sure. to know. And I think Dave Artell's current favourite with Nicholson just behind. I watched yep. your video with Dave Artell mm. from when was it? Well, uh,
2: uh, maybe I think it was around August time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think he was sat in some bedroom on a bed. I was trying to work out, where are you in your house? uh, Maybe the
2: kitchen or something. I don't know. (laughs) I like the look of him. Well, I think there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, I think... um, uh, David's one of the good guys in in football. He's one of the few that I um I sort of speak to off air a bit, and and I think whenever whenever you have that kind of respect for someone outside the sort of working context, you've always got to be a little bit careful of making sure that whatever you think of someone on a personal level, and I think he's certainly a, a great guy. You can't let that sort of impact imp- um, impact your your professional judgment. Um, having said that, I think that what he's achieved at Crow Alexandria in five of his six seasons what, in charge. what has he
1: achieved what has he achieved
2: why is he well, so good okay well well there's a lot to, to break down there david uh, i think the first thing would be when he came in he was inheriting a sinking ship he stabilized things first of all got things back to back to basics which probably isn't going to be required at to so much because there's already a template in place uh by matt taylor but a couple of seasons in um, I think midway through the eighteen nineteen season at Crewe, he switched it from a four four two to a four three three. They played the eventual champions that season. Lincoln City had the best form in the division. Then on, then they won automatic promotion from League Two, playing this outstanding brand of sort of really? free flowing football. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then they finished in the top half of League One. Um, I think the problems came for him when they lost um, you know, the Golden Generation all in a sp- short space of time Uh, and and basically last season was a storm of everything going wrong very quickly and I think it was very difficult for David to kind of repair that. Now, I'm sure he'll he'll accept some responsibility for his party in that season because, you know, the, the results are there to be seen. But at the same time, I think there were some operational issues at Crow Alexandra, which I think would be better at Exeter City. I think the Exeter have a better structure, a better recruitment process. I think they get better fees for, for their top young players. So I think if you put David Artel's coaching ability uh, and capacity to improve individuals, and the style of football into a better, smarter, stronger operational structure, I think that could be a really, really good fit. I've got to say, Gab, I'm absolutely loving you on this podcast.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm loving your knowledge, I did honestly. Say, I did say it's, before, no, it's I mean, another level, John. It is. It is. Because you're a big fan of Dave Artel, aren't you? You are. He's your favorite, is he, John? To... Uh... I'm not <clears throat> I wouldn't say I've got any favourites because you know God, we did I did mean, a couple of episodes ago. Uh,
0: I did. uh but <laughs> I'll clip it and put it on there. <laughs> <laughs> I said he's be been. he'd be the one I want the most, yeah, I'd probably say. Personally, but I don't know who, who the other candidates are and I don't know what, what else is well, going on. Well you do, but yeah.
2: I think the interesting
0: thing, just to chip
2: in on this, is Kevin Nicholson's had a great yeah. start uh, winning at Barnsley. And I think that if you're Julian Tagg and Nick Hawker, you're probably thinking we can take a little bit of time on this appointment yeah. process and yeah. be very rigorous with it because we've got a manager that's on an interim scale that's already got a reaction out of the players. Yeah. And I think yeah. if I'm looking at it from their point of view, I'm thinking give the Nicholson effect a little bit of time to breathe as well such a natural in front of the camera as well
1: yeah he was so laid back Really such a, good. yeah now what's his what's his backstory so he's the he, he, he manager of
0: Torquay? i think right i don't i'm not too sure there was there's that this is this is where the confusion comes in because there's another kevin nicholson linked with the ex city job and i think he may have been managing okay oh. the oh. because there was a i saw a joke on twitter that someone said we could have assistant manager and a ma- first team manager of Kevin Nicholson and, and Kevin Nicholson which would be please have that that would <laughs> be great But uh, uh, I, I know this Kevin Nicholson our one that's currently with us he played for Torquay for a while um as a professional uh, how do you feel about that John yeah uh, you know it's Torquay you know some people got to make a living you know but but do yeah you, do you like um do
2: you like think of the uh I'm going to ask this question to John again um ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you do you like do you think to, the the rivalry with Torquay has subsided a bit because you know two divisions apart and Torquay could even go down again or do you think that there's still a a fire there when it comes to the rivalry? Do you know Do
0: you know what Gab? I don't think there's ever been a fire for me I've always looked. At, okay, I've always looked at Torquay, and I said this on the on the Charlie Baker pod. I said. It's just that annoying little brother. You've got your older. You feel, you feel sorry for him, don't you? Yeah, you feel. You just like, oh, they've already going for all this crap. Like just, <laughs> le- just like leave them. But sort of Plymouth is like your, 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 your twin sibling, sort of annoying. You just absolutely hate them. Everything they do is just uh, annoys you. So yeah, the, the real rivalry. I don't think has ever really lied with Torquay. It's always been with, with Plymouth.
2: Of course, yeah.
1: Who do you think? Who are your um, potential? The next manager of Exeter, who do you think? Um...
2: My pick would be David Artel, really? um, but yeah, totally. Because I think that the ability to well, this is what so Exeter City's main selling point, David, is the it, this incredible academy. We already look at like the First of all, those players that have come through already, like Chiqui Diabate, Josh Key, um, Archie Collins we were talking about earlier. You add to that the Sonny Coxes and Harry Lees coming through on the on the conveyor belt underneath that. I think this is an incredible academy. And for me, it's got to be a manager that can harness that. And for me, what Artel did at Crew was develop a generation of talent that should have been worth, combined, um, eight-figure fees combined, um, like 10 to £20 million pounds wow. is what I should have got. Yeah, for, 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 for Harry Pickering, Charlie Kirk, uh, Ryan Wintle, uh, Perry and G, and uh, Owen Dale. Right, where
1: did uh, all these Tommy. players go to? Do they go into championship sides? Where
2: yeah, some of them went but... to championship sides. But, but the problem is they had these ridiculous sell-on clauses that didn't give them enough money for, for those players because they were um organised particular time. So basically the whole contract negotiation structure wasn't there. And there, there's something there that was that wasn't quite right in my opinion. Um so I think crew got a lot less for those players than they should have got. Whereas you look at Exeter City, what do they end up getting combined for Olly Watkins? Six million pounds. I think it was 1.8 million up top up front and then um four million pounds after that as a clause. And so for me, I think if you put the coaching ability with the academy with the better operational structure i think that's a really good formula and artel with that uh, has with that group of players got crew into the top half on one of the lowest budgets in the division playing some of the best football outside the championship now could extra get into the championship with that i think that's a big question i think it would need a lot of uh the bigger clubs to sort of fall off a little bit and you'd probably need a little bit of luck as long with everything going your way but i think in terms of sustainable progress in terms of continuing to develop assets and getting big fees for them i think it would be a, a perfect fit i'm excited i mean
1: i i think we're going up this year
2: gab uh... <laughs>
1: I don't like that laugh
0: there. To be that that right. laugh sort of shows. It's, it's um Yeah, David is is ever the optimist, which I love. I think it, it works. It, it's it's good. To be like that. It's, we, we need more like that. And I. I oh, should... We're in eighth. We're in eighth. Yeah, with with how many games to play? Well, I don't know, hundred and twelve. I don't know. But... <laughs> exactly. It's, it's it's all you know, like you know, like it, like it, like Gab said. It's it's a, it's a tricky one. It's going to take. If we do go up, if we ever do go up, it's going to take. A lot of luck and a lot of, a lot of the big boys having some bad seasons. Because, you know, you only have to look at our, our neighbours down the road. They're absolutely flying and they're playing some yeah. incredible stuff. Um, and, and they're probably not even, you know, the biggest budget in the league. And they're flying high at the top. You've got your Sheffield Wednesdays, your Barnsleys, your Derbies. These teams, they're, they're huge and they're, they're certainly big competition. When do you
1: think we would hear... When it, when's the new manager going to be announced, do you think?
0: How long do you think this will take? How long's a piece of string? It it really depends on who who they want. If they're looking for someone who's who's under contract and they want to pay compensation, then it would take longer. If they want a free agent, it could be as soon as this late this week, early next week. But it, the appointment, although Gab mentioned earlier, you know the Kevin Nicholson effect and maybe trying to keep him on. We've got time in the bank. that's Certainly true, but I think they'll be looking to make the appointment as, as swift as possible you <laughs> I don't
2: necessarily agree with that. I think that um, I, I see the board taking a little bit of time to get the appointment right. I think they're they're going to be quite happy to give Ke- Kevin Nicholson the opportunity to manage the next few games. Uh, my understanding is that the first round of interviews is on Wednesday. So last week was basically a case of sort of drawing up the candidates and making that initial contact. But I don't, my understanding is they've not really got into the the nitty gritty yet. Um, so yeah, some interviews coming up on Wednesday, and I think yeah take a take a few weeks and let kevin nicholson sort of galvanize the club and he's got everyone on board i don't see a a massive rush to get a manager in because there's actually an opportunity to pick up a few points under under nicholson and just tick off a few more towards the 50 mark so um yeah i don't see a rush i think take your time to make sure that you get the right appointment
1: is it worth standing on the corner next wednesday just having a little nose who drives in no I don't well, think, I don't think the
0: uh, Do people do that. No I think if we if we have got a, a manager lined up for the weekend I don't think it'd be going to the game.
1: No but I mean there's interviews
0: next Wednesday isn't it worth oh, Yeah little but little they won't loans. be they, I don't think I don't I doubt they'll be held at the ground somewhere public like that they'll probably be out, out the Wow. Oh.
1: Where would they be held John?
0: I don't know. Okay. <laughs> and even if I did know I wouldn't tell you cuz you'd be driving down. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's quite
1: exciting. I mean, I felt really unsafe when Matt Taylor left
2: last week. Didn't like it to the point where I had to write a R and B track. I, I tell you what, I what I loved about um Matt Taylor, I feel like he's left in the right way. Do you know what I mean? Um like some managers leave and it's slightly acrimonious circumstances or it's a little bit bad. For me, Matt Taylor, he served Exeter City for four years. And he wrote this most wonderful sort of speech about you lot took a Southern League oil tanker to your hearts. I absolutely loved that bit. It was kind of like quite a playful thing to say, but also like i don't know yeah he seemed to have brought that real connection with Exeter city and he's left the club in a far far better place than uh he, not that it wasn't in a stable place when he found it but um yeah i i love the way he, he left and i i want to see more of that in football as well because um yeah it's more more meaningful that way I guess.
1: yeah i mean i i was i was concerned i the next manager coming in, would it be a right fit? And then the idea of them dropping down and struggling and then everything crumbling, but now you make me feel a little bit more positive.
0: Like, like Gab said, it's the the club, the club can afford to take its time because they've got, because we've got Mm. Kevin in and he's the result we got on Saturday shows that there is obviously no rush, but you know, you know, Gab mentioned that the round of interviews and and that kind of stuff, but yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting process. And I think, It'll be uh, it'll be interesting times to see who comes in. Are there any other
1: candidates you kind of think? Well, he's got a chance. This this guy's got a chance. Anyone else? And why is Dave Artell the favourite? Is it because there've been murmurings and people know some inside? Why is that a thing?
2: Um well I, I think it's just quite an obvious connection in terms of the link between um what Artel can offer as a manager and what Exacity need from, from their manager. Um I think the other option would be Dan Green, whether you want to bring him back from uh, back from Aston Villa because uh, he obviously went to took up a coaching role there. Um so so that would be would be one option. Um but um but yeah, I, I think um uh, yeah, I, I think Artel would be certainly top of the list. And the other option would be to go internal, because if in a couple of weeks, Kevin Nicholson has kept getting the results, yeah, you know, maybe it'd get to a stage where it's difficult to go away from that. And maybe you'd want to give him the opportunity to uh, take the team until the end of the season and then reassess things from there. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's a possibility as well.
0: The one thing I'd say about Dan Green is that he was pretty open uh in interviews that he never really wanted to, never hasn't ever wanted to be a, a first team manager. He sort of a, ah. wants to be academy-based, So, which is why he took up the the head of the under-23s at Aston Villa. I don't think he has yeah. any aspirations to be working. I think he enjoys the development of players rather than sort of working in that first team environment. That that certainly makes sense, yeah. No,
2: I'm really excited to see who, uh, who acts the City um, go with, really.
1: Does Dave Arto enjoy going on podcasts?
2: Uh, well, you might be able to. Uh, you might be able to get him on. Yeah, could do a little song and dance with him.
1: Yeah,
0: he doesn't seem like the sing sing along type, though. I'll get him singing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get him singing. Charlton tomorrow.
1: Yes. Charlton. Yes. Ooh. So, how are they doing at the moment? Should they be? A they're team
2: yeah, they're underachieving quite a bit. Um, I think with where it comes to Charlton, they're one of the teams that would always hope and expect to be competing towards the uh, the top end of the division. I think they probably didn't quite get the players that Ben Garner wanted in the summer. Um, I think there's lots of operational issues there. There's sort of conflict between um, the, the board and the... Um, uh, and the fans—they've uh, got uh, Thomas' uh, own Thomas Sangard's the owner's son. Uh, jo Kim has a lot of uh, power at the club, despite him not really having much of a footballing background. So a lot of question marks around Charlton at the moment. So I think it's probably a decent time to uh, to, to go down there.
0: They got your boy as well, uh, David Jaden Stockley. Jaden Stockley, yes, Jaden Stockley, yeah. fan of the pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, really, really great stadium. I'm, I was there. Uh, I was hoping to go down, but obviously my uh, my car packed it in, so touchy subject, we won't go to that one. Changing the topic then, David, what's the best
2: uh, what's Onion? the best
1: away day you've ever oh. had? Um Best of what I haven't done an away day yet.
2: You've not done an away day?
1: No. Are you is that are
2: you disgusted by that? I'm appalled, David. <laughs> <laughs> really? So what do you do on your Saturdays when extra are playing away?
1: Great, question. I get pissed off. I love off. that. I love that. I get Touchy. genuinely, I get pissed off when you were watching Barnsley. It was annoying me that you were there. You were annoying me. <laughs> but I, I wanted, I couldn't watch it anywhere. I couldn't find anywhere to watch it. It was so frustrating. My only thing, Gab, is that the nearest teams like Bristol. I like, I could do a Bristol. It's an hour and a half away. I can't do four hours. Four hour journey? Yeah, you can.
0: You're just staring at me. It's just it's just excuses. That's all I'm hearing. It's just it's not good enough. <laughs> you need to do away games, it's part and parcel of supporting ecstasy. That's it. Do you
2: enjoy singing and chanting, David, or is it not really your thing? I
1: cannot ever imagine a time where I'll stand there going, <laughs> I just can't. I can't let go enough. Do you shout and sing, um...
2: uh, yeah, I Yeah, I, I quite enjoy that. I mean, I'm quite often at games, so I'm a Birmingham City fan. Um, it, it, do you know, it's funny, actually, because being a journalist, you kind of got to write about games as a neutral. I mean, I got to, I enjoy it, and I'm incredibly lucky to do what I do. But at the same time, I... Um, I kind of miss that to so the sort of tribal element of supporting a team every week and following them home and away and that side of things. So um, I still like to go to go to a few games, but I miss, the, yeah, I miss the away day culture, definitely.
1: I think it's because I'm new to the team. And we were talking to Mark Abraham, who, who switched from Arsenal to Brighton, and he said it took four years until he kind of stopped feeling like a fraud. I feel like if I started seeing everyone go... Chill out, mate. You were only here last all, October.
0: No one would think that. Yeah, they would. No, that's all in your head. It's all in your head. If you got up and started singing, uh, singing all sorts of chants and giving it the big and people would love it. People would absolutely love it. Yeah. Well, which which
1: which away, day? I'm tempted with Portsmouth, but again, well, how long is that going to take? Three hours?
0: Yeah. What if I break down? <laughs> <laughs> you about about that's
2: again, that about is <laughs>
0: it? You could say that about any, you could go to the shops and break down. What kind of excuse is that? Come on. Yeah, but I'm only at the shops and I'll call my wife and say, can you pick me up? Yeah, well, you're only in Portsmouth.
1: Yeah, how am I going to get home? Call your wife, she's going to pick you up. Gab, do you think, we'll we'll, uh, close the podcast down in the next, next three or four minutes. Do you think, Gab, am I being insane
2: thinking that Exeter could go up this year? I think you're being a fan Because I think that um, I think the whole point of being a fan Is to live in the hope Of uh, of something better than what's likely Is going to happen So I think, although I don't think It's likely at all I think that it's going to be incredibly Whoa, whoa, whoa You don't think it's likely at all? I
0: don't think it's likely, no Well, that's the pod, done. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I admire, I admire your spirit,
0: David Why because because don't you?
1: To...
0: Because we've got some cracking little players there We do That's what uh, we yeah. all, all agree to We do have some cracking little players
2: yeah it's interesting though because a lot of fans were getting like so annoyed at the uh the lack of signings because uh, there was obviously the the gap in goal because um cameron dawson was only on loan last season and you probably needed a bit of cover for sam nombe and lots of extra fans were getting agitated but i looked at it in the summer and said you've kept hold of so many alex Hartridge, cheek diabate josh key um so many players uh, uh, um uh, Sam Nombe, um Giovanni Brown, uh, Matt Jay, all these players that you'd managed to keep hold of. Um so I think that was a massive thing. So um yeah how I how likely is it that th- we're gonna lose them this season? How like in League One, how often does this happen? Well let me refer to John who's the, the real um expert on Exeter City. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> uh, who's out of contract
0: um, this
2: summer uh, are there some big ones out of contract
0: oh that's a great question I'm actually not too clued up on contract lengths I know okay. I know that um, well I just I know bits and bobs about certain players and you know okay but the, so cagey but the <laughs> so cagey it's that uh, I'll be perfectly honest with you I, I actually mean, don't know like, <laughs> <a bit. Yeah. laughs> I don't know who is out of contract at the end of the season, uh, it's probably actually, that's really poor knowledge. But I know that there's a few that uh, are touch and go about, you know, new deals, etc. Mm,
2: yeah, because that's going to be quite a big thing, uh, t- having these players tied down to long-term contracts. It yeah. feels like it's something that Exeter City as a club uh, on the contract front have done really well in order to get some of these players playing for Exeter City as opposed to... Um, yeah, as as opposed to going to sort of a Chelsea or a Man United or Man City at uh, a really young age. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think you've done really well in that respect. But if there's a few players that are out of
0: contract. A lot of it has been luck as well. Like if you look at, you know, Jordan Story, who we sold a few seasons ago, he only played the last 20 games of that season. And that was luck because we were, we had all sorts of injury problems in defence. We had to recall him off his loan in the national league it's not just that no no there, not just that you know, i'm because... saying there's, there's elements to it you know you find these players like Czech came back off alone because we had too mm-hmm. many center backs injured and played well we tied him down on a long long term or a longer term deal. Wait, but this is
2: yeah, I get that. But I think this is where City, um deserve credit for prioritising the academy and looking. So if there's an area that needs filling, they'll look to the academy first and then yeah. they'll look to the transfer yeah. market to fill in the gaps, as opposed to looking to the transfer market first and looking to the academy to fill in the gaps. So the law of averages suggests that the likelihood is yeah. that some of these gems are going to sort of come through. Um, so I think it's, yeah, it's partly luck, but it's also the structure of the club you're more likely to get that lucky it
0: that makes sense i think i think it's all just it's been like a, a massive project hasn't it i think you know taggy was so big on it all those years ago keeping the academy when we didn't have any money we kept it running and he sort of saw a long-term goal in it we had we've had incredible coaches throughout the years come through and sort of build this ethos of mentality you know but i think i think it's still the case now like all the players you can only wear black boots in the academy you have to have your shirt tucked in it's all these different things that create really young well-rounded individuals You've got people, the the younger pros still cleaning the players' boots, all that kind of stuff. This is all that sort of mentality, working your way up at the academies in a separate building to the first team because, you know, you've got to earn your right to be in in the main building and all this kind of thing. This sort of old school, similar to Man United style, like their ethos in their academy is similar. You know, you can only wear your black boots. All of this has been embedded for years and the plan has been there. We're now just fortunate enough to be able to go. Oh, who's coming up from the academy? There's probably going to be a player good enough to step into the first team. So, as much as it's you know, I I sort of it's partly luck because of injuries, etc. I also think it's it's a long term. It's been a long term plan, a long time coming. Guys, can we spend just two minutes answering a couple of questions?
1: (laughs) Yeah, go go for it. Is that all right? Is that all right, Gab? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, got some questions here from Patreon. Here we go. Ooh, very nice too. From Tom Allen, this is to John or Gab, and definitely not me. <laughs> if the board's top choices aren't available, would you back an interim choice until the end of the season?
2: well, let me let me take this one up because i th- I think that there's not there shouldn't be a rush. Rexter to make an external choice because John Hale and Kevin Nicholson are doing a good job so I think I'd be open to giving it an interim choice until the end of the season and maybe at the end of the season there can be a bit more of an external uh, search for, for someone more long term uh, but yeah I think for now I don't I think if you're not absolutely convinced by an external pick then yeah by all means go internal that'd be my, my position.
0: I would. I would only be inclined to go internal if it's Kevin Nicholson. I know there's not a lot of options actually, so it would probably have to be Kevin Nicholson. But where's well, us? Uh, yeah, are we internal? A bit of both. <laughs> half in, half out. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd be, I'd be happy. I'd be, I would be happy to give it to Kevin Nicholson to the end of the season for what I've seen at, at the moment and how the players reacted on Saturday to to him being in charge is really impressive.
1: Second golden question to either Gab or John or both. This is from Craig Mealy. Is there any thought in your mind that the new manager might actually get
0: more from the team than Matt could? That's a really great question. Um, I would probably argue no, just because the players that have been brought in were Matt's players, with Matt's ideology of of how he wanted to play in mind. Unless we sign a manager that wants to play exactly the same way that Matt did, I don't know... could be to get more, maybe the same, but more is it would be quite an impressive appointment, in my opinion. Someone to get more out of the group of players than we already got, which is, you know, eighth in League One would be some, some achievement. I mean, has Dave Artell got some magic? In
2: his uh, well, I think I don't think we could hold any new manager to have such high standards to improve on eighth in League One. I think that would be a bit of a high bar. I think that um, for the aim for a new manager's got to be to consolidate in mid table and maybe bring some of the young players further into the equation, um, as uh, as Matt's already done and and Paul Tistel before him. So um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really important that the next manager continues to develop youth. But I think so asking them to to do better than what's gone uh before I think would be um tall order
0: really. I think just, just to be clear here, the eighth in league one is our highest ever finish. So blah to, blah 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 Is our no, blah blah blah. No 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 no. Eighth in league one is our highest ever finish. So for us to be here oh, now should we finish? Should we that'll do then? Well, should we shut up shop then? <laughs> well no, we can always do better obviously. But I'm just saying for for previous reference we are literally the highest we've ever finished in any division. Yeah gab thank you so much for coming
2: on oh it's an absolute pleasure i've uh it's been an interesting experience going on this podcast but uh... <laughs> uh, interesting as in very pleasurable <laughs> well and that is yeah uh no listen uh thanks so much for having me i've, I've really enjoyed myself so um yeah, all the... favorite onion favorite onion oh gosh um do you know I like a cheese and onion pasty? I'm going to, I'll go, I'll go just on the link there. Okay, um, right. Yeah, but you get those from, yeah, around your, your neck of the woods. Neck of the woods, so, yeah, yeah. So you're a cheese and onion pasty guy. I like a cheese and onion pasty, yeah. Thank All right, you very
0: cheers,
2: much. You. No worries. You All I cheers. Cheers. You. Bye. All right. Cheers.